0: Hmm?
1: Ah. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Castle Rock. Today we'll be covering the
2: tenth and final episode from Castle Rock titled Romans.
1: Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to jump into this one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you what you think.
2: uh, I've got so many thoughts on this episode. It's it's one of those things that, you know, we had a really good previous episode Mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out like, okay, what the hell is going on in this? Like, did everything I think is not true and. This episode just turned everything on your head and then some. I mean, it's basically a, a very Stephen Kingy kind of finish. You're like, you leave, and you're kind of like, I don't know what happened. Uh huh. Um, did you ever very. watch uh, the TV show on Nickelodeon? Are you afraid of the dark?
1: I watched a few. I'm familiar. Yeah.
2: It's a. Uh, it had that kind of feel to it because, like, every one of those, like, you thought it ended. There's always kind of like a little bit of a oh and but kind <laughs> right. of thing to it. So it kind of that something feel to left it. in
1: the air. Yeah, there's always something a little bit left.
2: But what uh, were your thoughts on it? Just kind of top level.
1: I I'm I was kind of in the same boat with you. I was, you know, really coming off of that last one uh kind of buzzing and you know, really excited and it wasn't that this brought me down, but I was just like, "Oh, that kind of t- took everything that I thought that I knew." So many things I didn't know, but the little things I did thought that I knew and just completely turn them upside down. And now I'm like, now I don't even know <laughs> what what to think and how to feel. Um, and uh, the only I thing I know. know is
2: that it's over.
1: <laughs> it's Yeah, that's the only thing we know is that right now season one is over. Whatever your feelings on it, whatever you feel um, happened or whatever you believe, uh, for the most part, at least season one's over. And now we have season two to look forward to. So, I don't know. I guess, I guess with that, um, let's just go ahead and jump into our top five. We might as well just start talking about it because I know I have to start talking about this. I, I just, it's so difficult waiting. Um, you know, when I'm, I'm when I'm prepped and I've watched it a second time, and I'm like, oh my god, let's get Sean on here right now so we can start <laughs> talking about it. So I'll, I'll go ahead and get started with my number five. Um, my number five this week is Henry Deaver. Um, and I feel like, and just, I'm just going to prerequisite with the same right before I jump into my number five here with what I'm about to say. I feel like, you know, even though I have these numbers, this is probably going to end up, we're just going to be having this conversation and we're probably going to be jumping all over the place. So I'm totally cool with that. So feel free to add in at any time. So that being said, Henry Deaver, I I like that we finally know now that Henry really did push his father off, off the cliff.
2: Do we, do we know that though?
1: I think so. I mean, we saw it, right? We saw young Henry, his dad, right off the cliff.
2: That's the part that I'm super confused about because as as both Henrys were walking through the woods, one at gunpoint, one with a gun, you know, I was trying to figure out. So the other thing, did we see young Henry see the RV with the um, basically the crime scene?
1: That. In this episode,
2: yeah, I felt like I'm trying to. Rem- I don't know what I saw. That's why I feel like with this show, like I don't know what I saw and what my brain made me see, and all kinds of weirdness. But I thought after we saw Young Henry Deaver push it the cliff,
1: I think that was Wendell. Wendell was walking in the woods. Why was he in the woods? I don't—well, he was walking home from—remember, he jumped off the bus at yeah. Salem's Lot, and he's walking home. Now, for some reason, instead of being on the road, he's in the woods because he's hearing the, the, okay. that, that schisma, that voice, that whatever that noise is. So that makes a little and, bit more
2: sense than that. I, okay. I, I don't know if what we saw with Henry and his dad pushing him off the cliff, if that actually happened. Because as those two are walking through the woods, Henry with the gun, and actually, I think it's just the kid. I don't even think that's mm-hmm. Henry. You know, is he projecting these memories into other Henry's mind?
1: I the, this is this is the way I'm thinking about it. I I don't think there are any whatever whatever we're going to be talking about and whatever we think or believe. There are no right or wrong answers because mm. well, it's so ambiguous that I I don't. I don't think either one of us are right or wrong <laughs> well
2: and the thing is too so i mean this is my tirade i guess a little bit on it is so the kid you know he talked about henry being you know trapped in a basement locked up and mm-hmm. he projected I, what i'm kind of thinking may have happened is he projected this whole story of this different universe but in reality young henry was kidnapped essentially, by that guy that we saw very, very early in the episode.
1: You think so? You think I, that Desjardins yeah. had played a, a bigger role?
2: I think so. I think that that's, that was kind of very throwaway. Like, that happened early on, and there's never really any mention of it. Yep. But to me, that seems like this is a guy, the kid, he preys on partial truths. Mm-hmm. He kind of takes these truths and ex- extends them a little bit to be like, oh, crap, well, yeah, Well, well, maybe this is real, because I don't remember what happened the last six years of my life. Yeah. Well, why doesn't Henry remember that? Because that was a pretty tragic event. Like that's just a very like your mind couldn't cope with what happened, so you just block it out. Yeah. Um, that's
1: kind of what I got from it. That's is that, yeah. that's why he couldn't remember.
2: But I guess I kind of jumped into yours, so I I guess no, you can take back over on it.
1: No, that's fine because like well, like I said, I don't I I feel like this is going to be more of a conversation than than I mean, we're probably going to hit some points here, but it's going to we we just need to talk this out at least i know that i do so i i believe that it was young henry that that pushed his father off off the cliff at C- castle rock that's what i believe because we find out i mean we we've we've seen matthew deaver and his wickedness and his obsession and his illness you know throughout uh the series and then of course in the last several episodes we we saw that a lot and then we learn that he has, he's going to kill Ruth essentially. Mm -hmm. Like he, he tell, and he tells, um, Henry this, you know, because of her sin. Um, and he tells her that, oh gosh, where is that? I lost it somewhere. I think I have it somewhere else. But he's he's essentially going to oh that her sin is adultery as he knows that she was with Alan Pingborn and he knew it. And so Henry's like, you know, no, that's enough. You know, that's not gonna happen and he he's essentially like in his eyes saving his mother. Um so it I know we talked a little bit about in, in some other episodes of of does it take a sacrifice to open like this portal or the schisma, this door or whatever oh, yeah, yeah. that for them to, to pass through because Molly died in, in that other timeline. She got shot and died and it opened up and young Henry went through and then our Bill Skarsgård Henry from this other timeline went through. Um, I think that even though Matthew Deaver didn't die, whenever he was pushed off the cliff – That, I think, is what opened that door for young Henry Mm, to go through this portal, this other dimension, this other timeline. He wandered through the woods, found his house, and that's how he ended up at his house and back on Matthew Deaver's doorstep and locked in the basement. I think that it's not necessarily looking at a death sacrifice, but I think it's looking at least the intent to kill I think okay. that's I think that's what almost happened anyway, in the, in what happened in this episode. Uh, whenever um, both Henrys or, or the, you know the kid and Henry are walking out into the woods, and uh, it's getting really loud, and you can hear that sound, and you can see Henry almost takes the kid out, and it seems like it's almost deafening that that noise. And I think that they were really close, and of course they didn't get through. But I think that that is what's kind of triggering the schisma to open is the intent intent to kill and not necessarily the death. And then I wonder if going through the portal to that other timeline somehow unlocks some type of dormant power within each of them. And I'm talking about both Henry's like, is there something inside of them that's dormant, but because they're passing through this schisma and it's, opening something up in them, unlocking something. And because they keep saying that bad things happened when young Henry crossed into the kid's timeline. Mm-hmm. And I know he's not the kid there, but um, I, I'm trying to think of what to call him to to keep confusion to a minimum. Um, Bill Skarsgård in Henry's uh, timeline, because they said all the bad, there was bad things that happened there too. So is that something that happened because he crossed over and awoke something in him? And then when... Bill Skarsgård Henry went into Andre Holland's um, timeline. Then all these bad things are happening to him, or or bad things are happening to Castle Rock as well. So it, it's yeah. What See, do you this, think about all that?
2: This ties a little bit to to my number one, which I I basically have my number one is all a lie question mark. Mm-hmm. After watching this and kind of seeing the events unfold, I really really feel like the kid is. And we see the old face scariness of him when he's, you know, trapped with a gun. Yeah. And no explanation for that. Just he looks up and he's got like a weird old demon looking face. So to me, he's some type of evil entity. You know, he's we, we talked about him potentially being like Pennywise the clown. Like it was one of the theories. I think he's something on that that level. He gets out every – or he tries to get out every 20-some-odd years. Oh, boy. And in doing that, he causes chaos among all – you know, this town. And he's – maybe he's trying to get back into his world. So he he pretends that the place he's going to is just a, a reverse of this. Mm-hmm. Because in all that, he's playing on the goodness of stuff. Like, oh, it's so much better in my world, you know you know, like Molly asked, was like, well, what was I in your world? It's like, Oh, you're happier. Well, I mean, if she knows that there's this world where she's happier, why wouldn't she? Like, she may try to go there. She knows that she's dead in that world. Technically. Yeah. If She could somehow sneak her way into that world. She's got a better life. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I feel like this, this thing, I don't think it's a Henry Deaver. I think it's just (laughs) something is, you know, causing all this chaos. And right away, you know, like when he gets put away, Castle Rock becomes a great place, or semi-great mm-hmm. place. Like there's, you know, it seems like even Henry is now, you know, he's not a, a criminal lawyer. He's, uh, you know, like a property management lawyer type thing. So he's not like dealing with evils. He's just kind of helping people.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And he lives there with his son too. Like he brings his son back. So Castle Rock is essentially a safe, safe place. And I, I just feel like what the kid was doing was playing like you know you always see these uh, movies are here like uh when they talk like deep deep into like demonology type stuff- uh-huh. you know demons play on on people's emotions um, yeah and maybe it's not like maybe he's not a demon in the sense of like a religious demon but you know if you think of a world like what we call a demon you know could just be like a pennywise type thing it's just a bigger entity it's like a godlike thing mm-hmm. something that we can't understand so we just throw the the term demon on it and he's just you know he feeds off this kind of thing. You know it's 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 what gets his rocks off. Um, I don't think he eats kids, but he some, something's <laughs> doing this, and maybe he's trying to get back home to his level of existence, or maybe he was just wanting to take Henry Deaver out and kill him, um, so that he could continue to rain havoc on Castle Rock. I, I don't know, but I really feel like all of this was just one big lie from uh, the kid. And oh.
1: That makes me a
2: little bit sad. It uh, I mean, I, it's Stephen King. It's okay.
1: It's like,
2: okay. I, <laughs> you know, it would have been cool at the end if, like, he goes back to his world. He gets to, to see his kid and everybody lives happily ever after. But that's not Stephen King.
1: Yeah, but definitely
2: he, not. Even at the end, he, he has a very creepy monologue. Um, uh-huh. I swear his eyes were glowing. Like, that, that seemed intentional to me,
1: uh-huh. which
2: isn't natural. Um, and his very last line as he's talking to Henry as he's leaving – let me find it because it was super super creepy. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's climbing up the ladder. He basically says, "Like, well, let me know how things turn out for him." I'm guessing he probably means his son.
1: I think he was talking about Lacey because Henry is essentially in Lacy in the same position as Lacey was, um, keeping the kid caged. And he he said, uh, "You know, you see how well that worked out for him." I think was was how he was meaning that because he's like, you know, so where do we go? Or how long are we going to do this? And he goes, I don't know. And he turns around and starts to to walk away. And he's like, well, you see how well that worked out for, for him. Um, I think he was talking about Warden Lacy Lacey cause now oh, okay. Henry's the jailer.
2: You. I thought he said, let me know. Not, we know how it turned out for him. So that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. But, so to that thing, like if you're sitting there with somebody, it's kind of the, uh, what do they call the uh, the prison where you, where the captors start like becoming emotionally attached to their their captives, or the captives become? Um,
1: yeah, there's with their there's the where they start sympathizing with their captors. Yeah, oh my something gosh. syndrome. I can't remember what it's it is. It's a syndrome, uh, and I
2: can't. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happened here. I mean, you think about Lacey. Lacey spent probably multiple times a week with this kid in this cage. They probably talked and you know at first he's like no this is a demon this is an evil person but you talk with somebody for that long and start to get to know them they start to get to know you especially if this is like some, like i said some kind of demon thing mm-hmm. he's gonna play on the truths that he finds out he, he's a poker player yeah and so as Lacey starts to divulge a little bit more information here and there he's gonna play on that and then at some point the the kid's gonna exploit that which he did with Lacey, and Lacey will end up killing himself after he touched him uh-huh. and again we go back when Lacey was leaving, he said, ask for Henry Deaver. So it wasn't the kid that got out and like, oh, I'm Henry Deaver. It was ask for Henry Deaver. So that was, pla- that was put in place by Lacey, not the kid.
1: Well, I see your point. I still don't think, and it's Stockholm Syndrome, by the way. There we go. Finally yeah, yeah. got that. Yeah, I don't know why it is when I get this mic in my face, it's like my brain just goes completely blank and I forget everything that I ever knew. Um, I mean, I see where you're going and I think you have good points. I just, I just disagree. I, I believe differently, but I think that's okay because I think that this is, this is what the intent was, was for, for us to kind of figure it out on our own. We, we weren't really given. I feel I feel like there were some definitive answers, but I think as far as the end and what you believe and how it all came about and then what do you believe uh, as far as like what happened in other episodes, you know, I think that's that's left up to us. That's why I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer mm-hmm. to a lot of it. But um, so I, I I I'm okay with that, but I don't Which, agree with it.
2: These are the kind of things I love, too, when they're left. Mm-hmm. Ambiguous enough that you could go on like a weird tirade to be like, no – I bet Bill Skarsgard is actually Stephen King and he's writing this. And you're <laughs> right. like, no. And then you think about it, it's like, well, maybe You know
3: what?
1: It's possible. There there is this, you know, a Stephen King that exists in the Dark Tower timelines. There's a yeah, Stephen yeah. King out there writing this whole thing. So, um, <laughs> like he has to write this story. Um, so so yeah, why not? So I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to be all over the place. My, I'm not going to be very um, cohesive with all of my thoughts tonight. I can tell that right now. I'm kind of scattered um, because I'm I'm still – I feel like I needed another night to process. This, yeah, that's what makes it difficult with our recording time. I needed I, – I watched it twice, but I still feel like I needed a little bit of time in there, like one more night to just sit with it and process it and, and come to peace because I feel like I'm still just – uh, shaken um, in a way that I don't know. Uh, I'm not settled. So what is your number five? Let's start making some sense of this.
2: So my number five uh, is pretty simple um, as far as this episode can go, With even though it's not really when you start diving into it, but <laughs> it's it's simply birds, snow, and fire. Mm. So birds were a really, really big part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I think we talked about, like uh, maybe it was Jason in a couple episodes ago, where birds are known to like migrate to places where there's you know noises that nobody can hear, like very you know different levels of noises. But birds will travel to that place. Uh huh. And all of a sudden in this episode, we just we start getting a ton of snow. Yeah. Ran- very randomly, when we know that there's a fire going on. So my first thought is like, well, maybe this is ash. But it seemed pretty clear that it was snow, at least as yep. we are walking around and everything. I agree. We can get some hippie dude walk up to um, Henry's car <laughs> as he's car wrecked. You know, not be like, hey, dude, you all right? It's like fucking global warming. Am I right?
1: <laughs> like, can I call you an ambulance? Are you OK? <laughs> it's nope. like, no,
2: I want to talk global to you about warming. global warming right, <laughs> right. now. <laughs> but it, it, I kind of thought when I first saw this, and this is where, I, you know, you talked about like you thought that the kid and Henry were both Henry's. I thought at this point, like it was the world's mixing. So like we were crossing over into the world that the kid was trying to get to to the world that we kind of know from this because we didn't really get a good timeline on when this was taking place mm-hmm. like time of year. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think Alan's gravesite said like October, which I'm sure there's some snows in the the Massachusetts or the uh, uh, main yeah, area during that time of year. But this seemed a little like a stretch. Um, so I really feel like there was some cr- like there's some meaning behind that and I don't know what it is. The snow that is.
1: Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is either. I I think I was stuck on other things, for sure. But yeah, there was something there there to be, you know, for sure to be said about that. And those birds, just creep creep the hell out of me. I, it, you know, no. If I see benches of birds like that, I get freaked out. I remember once I looked out in my backyard, uh, um, at that uh, um one house that I lived at, and the. Uh, back windows to the kitchen looked out into the backyard and then out into this field that we had and uh, I remember once that you know how you always kind of see in one area all the blackbirds kind of sitting mm-hmm. in a big area I mean I had never we always had birds and especially big flocks of birds but there was this one time and it was this late fall uh, day and it was just at dusk and it was the creepiest damn sight all of these blackbirds just like the whole field was like black
3: and Uh. a whole
1: yard and field were just black with, with birds. And I was just like, "Ah," thinking I'm in some, you know, um, Hitchcock movie or something. And I was like, Oh, they're going to start slamming at the windows and they're going to (laughs) try and get me. And so I'm in a horror movie. And then when they all took off, it was just like casting a shadow. Mm. And it was just, it was, it was weird. And that's what this whole, like every time I saw those, that's what it would remind me of. And, I well, don't like it. They so like
2: sporadic too. Like the way they were flying, and that's kind of where I thought it was like the worlds colliding. Like these birds were going in and out of these different worlds on their own. Like they were kind of confused at where they were.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but as this episode progressed, I, I still feel like I'm kind of on the mindset that the kid wasn't a he, he wasn't Henry Deaver at all. He was just the kid. Mm-hmm. He was something else. But um, I don't know if there's really much to add to it, except it just seemed like. Bird, snow, and fire has some type of meaning. And if I was smarter, I could probably <laughs> dissect it and make it make sense. But because um, it's kind of like, you know, Game of Thrones, you have the fire and ice. Like everybody has a ton of theories with fire and ice. That's
1: right. What it really means. Yeah. yeah.
2: Maybe this is the prequel to Game of Thrones. Maybe that's what it is.
1: That's what it is. Yeah. Mystery solved. Done. Good we just job, fixed Sean. The internet. Damn. But yeah, that's, that's right. My,
2: that's my number five. Uh, just birds, snow, and fire.
1: I like it. I like it. Yeah. It it probably, there probably is some, some meaning there. Um, what it is though, I couldn't tell you because I can't even figure out anything else that's, that's happening. Um, so my number four, I'm going to talk a little bit about Ruth. She, she was, you know, we got to see her some in this in this episode, of course. Uh, not as much as what I would have liked. I think Sissy Spacek mm, yeah. is just so she's been so wonderful in this whole series. I hope she gets nominated for an Emmy because she
2: should. Yeah, geez, she was.
1: This is just I mean, some uh, of her best work, I think, in my opinion.
2: I know, like, I think the only thing I've really at least known that I've seen her in was Carrie, mm-hmm. and she. Did, I mean, she did okay in that. Like, she played just a weird like. St- Character like mm-hmm. that's what the character was. Yeah, and I was kind of expecting that in this, like something that I was like not going to be thinking that. Oh my gosh, this is such a great actress, but she was by far the best actor on this show. I mean, yeah. the the episode where she had it all on her own was just amazing. I
1: know her and, and Scott I, Glenn.
2: Yes. Oh, um, beautiful. So yeah, if she doesn't get nominated, like that's that's just. Terrible!
1: It's, it's it's it would be a tragedy, seriously, if she didn't get nominated. That she was just amazing. I mean, she, she I've seen lots of things that she's done over the years. I highly recommend, even if you're not a huge fan of like Loretta Lynn, but she played uh, you know Loretta Lynn and the coal miner's daughter. I was always obsessed with that movie as a kid, along with Carrie. I've just always been a sissy spacex fan since I was a little kid because I always loved those movies whenever I was younger. And she's an amazing actress. But this is probably you know, some of the best work that I've that I've seen her in and she was amazing. So I really wish we had gotten a little bit more of her out of the finale. But what we did get was again amazing as usual. Um I I find it really interesting. I still I, I still believe Ruth suffered from dementia, but I, I I kind of held on to the belief just a little bit that she I don't know that she was slipping through time, but I can't help but feel just a little bit that that proximity of the schisma, not just in Castle Rock, but so close to her time and how she's slipping through these memories that I almost feel... A little bit how she's experiencing both timelines now I don't have any explanation for it I don't know why I cannot tell you how it's how it's happening but when she when Molly finds her on the bridge and when Ruth says to her uh, first uh, Molly says uh, Ruth Allen's dead she says I know that I'm the one who shot him but he's also alive other times it just zigs and zags forks in the river always changing always the same Allen's dead Allen's alive been here before be here again you and me on the bridge uh she's uh molly says ruth please uh let's just go home she says oh you you always say that every time uh one of those other times or molly says one of those other times you left matthew you went away with alan you already had a bag packed she says Hmm, first time you've said that and i'm like what does all that mean you know Mm -hmm. it, it feels like she's I know that she's experiencing these memory things and I i understand. Well, I don't understand, but I, I, you know, have read about how dementia affects with the memory and how you don't always know where you are. And I think that they portray that very well in the queen, but I just can't help but feel that she, that the schisma somehow affects her in a way that she's somehow living. And, you know, she can kind of go in between the timelines, just in that proximity of, of being close to that. So, I don't know. Or maybe even that she's trapped in some type of loop. What do you think about, you know, there being this loop between the timelines and because she existed in both. And I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm going to stick to my guns, (laughs) they're not being two, just to kind of counterpoint it. um, You know, it could go back to the kid kind of playing on that dementia. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, I mean, the alternate timeline, if, if in my theory, that's not real, you know when she was away, she just had um Alzheimer's, so she didn't ha it didn't sound like she had like a lot of this um in and out of times type of thing. It just you know she was sick
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, so going in here, you know if if this kid is trying to cause all this um, chaos, he could really play on her uh current illness and make her think all these things are happening.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, one note i had I didn't make it a number but I thought was really, really interesting. And maybe if you want to talk into like a bigger Stephen King type of um, tie in for this, when Henry comes back home, she's holding one of the chess pieces and she says, where's the queen? Now, when I saw that, we talked a lot about the red king. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a queen too much in a lot of that, but my thought is, you know, there's a full episode called the queen, which is Ruth. So maybe Ruth is this queen, but with her illness, she's forgot.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So she's kind of the the pin in this whole thing to fight this evil red king.
1: Well, that that certainly brings up some interesting theories, for sure. I don't know. I I don't know. I just I don't know what to think about it. It was just something that I thought about. I I we talked about it a little bit, you know, after the queen uh, during that episode and i was kind of sticking with you know i i did believe that she had dementia but it just seemed kind of strange how she was able to go it just looked like she wasn't just so much in memories almost like she was in time in some mm. some p- pieces but i still don't really quite know what to believe about it but i just thought it was interesting and worth mentioning because hey it's sissy spacex she was fantastic i kind of hated that we had this off-screen death when we had that time jump yeah yeah there at the end, and she was gone. But it, you know, we find that she w- was buried with the love of her life, and the last mm-hmm. scene that we get with her, she was gripping that chess piece, and you see that scene with her and Alan mm-hmm. when he had come back, and they were on the porch, and and it was just oh, it brings tears to my eyes thinking about it every time. So, um, I had to I had to bring her up again and again. This little mystery that I'm I still have questions about, and in her illness and her. Is she in a loop? Is Castle Rock in a loop? Um, is the schisma messing with her? Is she able to go in between timelines and and, and and that's messing with her dementia? Like she doesn't know what's happening because she has dementia. She doesn't understand it. Or maybe she understands more than most. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. So what's your number four?
2: Um, just one more tie into yours, years if I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, absolutely. I thought it was kind of weird that when we're at the Deaver house, Jackie Torrance just shows up. Uh-huh. And is, like, hanging out. I feel like she's po- just, like, popped up randomly throughout <laughs> this know. whole series. She has.
1: I, I, I wondered that myself. I was like, where did you come in the picture there, Jackie? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know if it means anything, but it's just, like, everywhere, you, like, somebody's doing something, she just, like, pops up. And it's like,
1: I mean. The, At least it wasn't with an axe this time.
2: That's true. <laughs> very, very true. <laughs> uh. So my number four. I thought uh, we haven't really gotten much from her recently, but the new warden had a really big part in this episode.
1: Oh, she did.
2: Um, we see that Shawshank is getting shut down. You know, they talk about like uh, you know all of this happening because of one kid. You know, kind of screws the pooch for everybody. So they're getting rid of uh, all these prisoners, sending them to the other prisons. Um, and I feel like sh- you know maybe this is a situation where you know, like this kid made you lose your job. Mm -hmm. So you're going to think like, you know, everything they said is true. This kid is the devil. Like ever since this kid came in, nothing but bad stuff has happened. Yep. And she has that that weird piece in her house too, just left randomly. That
1: little soap, soap figurine.
2: Uh, But the, the main thing with this I think is like really intriguing and very much kind of like a F you to the city, F you to Shawshank. As she gives the piece to Molly, we see her kind of final destination at walking across the street. <laughs> it
1: did remind me of final
2: destination. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not in like you're like, oh, shit, she's going to get hit by a car. She doesn't just get hit by a car.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: She gets hit by a Shawshank bus. Full of prisoners. prisoners <laughs> which in turn is a, the, the reason for that. Then now we have this, these prisoners that can't leave. So we get them put into the same prison as the kid and Henry which is what allows them to escape. Yeah. So again, it's kind of one of those things. Is this kid kind of the puppet master of all this? So he can kind of influence this. Is it all the point of a bigger thing? Um, Again, so many questions. Like you could take the, the every Stephen King book, read it, watch this. And somebody could write a doctorate on this.
1: Uh, No kidding.
2: This is like a Shakespearean. Like I've read all the works. I've studied it. I spent, you know, my doctorate years dissecting this and Boom! Here's my 700 page doctorate on <laughs> Castle Rock. I don't know what you call it. Breakdown. I, that's why I'm not a doctor. I can't come up with a good right. name for my doctorate. But um, Doctor King,
0: you know, Doctor um, King.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you know I think that's probably a good possibility. I think at the very least, I I still don't I, I don't know if I believe it, but I think if you're going to go that route, at the very least, the kid was really fucking with her, right? Like that was his last little fuck you to the warden about, you know, the not like she wasn't going to let him out. She was throwing him in um, um, an isolation cell with that uh,
2: Nazi guy with that
1: Nazi guy to take him out. Like he hasn't even done anything, at least that we know of at that point. He's been locked in this cage and we're just like, well, let's just get rid of him and nobody's ever going to know. Um, and then gives him all kinds of hell about letting him go. And then he does finally go, I, you know, I think at the very least you could probably think that he's, he's fucking with her. He doesn't quite deny it. You know, when Henry puts that little soap figurine when they're in the jail and, you know, he just kind of looks at it and he's like, he has absolutely no explanation, no defense. He's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I did that fucking with her. Um, so I don't know. And I don't know if that was enough. We saw her get quite disoriented. You know, and was that little figurine enough contact? Because if he if he made it, which I think he did, and leaves it, was that contact enough to make her so out of sorts that she gets hit by a bus? I mean, we saw, like, Zaleski, Officer Zaleski, how he was, like, all, you know, after he touched, he did that fist bump with the kid. Now, that was a, an actual touch. Um, and this was just contact with that little soap figurine. And then we saw that murderous couple of the B&B, um, mm. in contact with those paintings, was that enough for them to go, you know, berserk and bananas the way that they did? And
2: when you have to think that family that he snuck into, none of them touched him.
1: Yeah. And he was true. able
2: to I think he was the one that caused them to kind of go insane, essentially.
1: Right. And well and the and the prisoners in the jail. He didn't touch any of them. Yep. He just and you gave could, them
2: weird side eyes and they started stabbing each other.
1: Exactly. You could kind of see how he would how he'd be looking at the two the the main two prisoners that started a, that started the fight and how he was looking at them and kind of kind of somehow initiating it keeping it going and then he would you'd see his eyes move to the next one and then that guy joined in and started pushing one of them so it's like you could definitely see how he was kind of manipulating the situation um so I don't know um but yeah it was that poor warden she did uh she She got taken out in a bad way, for sure. She had
2: the worst month ever. She did. I'm getting, like, this six-figure job. Like, it's, you know, I get to put my feet up on my nice desk, got this nice office. And, you know, first day on the job, like, hey, uh, we found this kid in the prison. That we don't
1: know who it is. (laughs) It's in an unused part of the prison, kept in a water tank in this cage, and we don't know why. And then you have a big (laughs) shootout. You have one of your own officers slaughter your other officers. Um, Now they're shutting down your prison, and you're out of a job. And oh, by the way, now you Uh, get hit by a bus. Well, I think that that's a good segue into my number three, because my number three is the kid. And I'm just gonna, you know, start out with some things that I believe and that I don't believe. Um, I don't think that he started as evil or a villain. I think that he used whatever he had become, or had a hold of him. I think I think there's so many ways that you can that you can go with this if you don't believe. Because I don't believe he's truly evil. I don't, and I I believe everything that happened in episode nine that we had in Henry Deaver. So I think that he used whatever he had um, inside of him and use it to try to get back to his own timeline. He just wants to get back. You know, he gets, from what we saw in episode nine, he gets tossed into this other timeline, and he gets thrown into this cage. All he wants to do is get back. And he finally has a chance to get back, and it's he sees it, you know like everything is like not going his way and he can't get anybody to help him or believe him. And he's trying to, he he just wants to get back. So I think that he sees like whenever they are in the jail and, you know, he's manipulating the, the, the prisoners, um, so they can escape. You know, I think that he sees an opportunity. I think he starts to say, I can use this to, to help me and to get out. This is what, you know, this is what I want. He doesn't necessarily, um, I think the other things that happened to him or that happened aren't necessarily on purpose, but I think that was, but I think it was like, it's a means to an end. And I think it just gets a little bit more complicated. I don't think he necessarily wants to get people killed. I think it's, he just realizes he has this power and this is like, this is how I'm going to get back to my own universe and he's going to use it. He's so desperate. You know, he wants to get, I mean, his, he's, he knows that he's left this wife and who he thinks is pregnant in this other timeline And he's willing to give in to whatever it is that's inside of him to help get him back home. And I feel like it's he's become the monster that everyone has made him out to be. From the very beginning of the series, we're led to believe straight up from Warden Lacey in his whole um you know, speech about, you know, this, the, the the devil being a boy. And all we keep hearing is that bad things happen around this kid, bad things happen around him. Lacey says he's a devil. Uh, Pangborn believes he's a devil and at least believes Lacey. So I feel like he, he kind of became what everyone expected him to be. And I think he was kind of a victim who ended up, you know, kind of becoming a villain after years of abuse. He was stuck in that, in that cell for so long. I mean, it's like, what, what, I don't know what else, really to expect from or what you would expect from that um and i don't know that he was really acting on his own or if it was on behalf of the schisma and and how all that comes into part like i said i think it's it's everything's left up to interpretation and you can kind of take what you want out of it but what he tells him What he tells Henry, he says, what about the dream? You're in a basement or locked in a cage. It makes sense that you don't remember. Think about what you went through in that cage. When they found me, even after I got out, it didn't all fit together. Uh, But then I got to your house, my house. Your memories will come back too, maybe in pieces one at a time. They will. Um, And then Andre Holland, Henry Deaver, asked him, if my mom had stayed in the castle Castle rock with my dad in your world, I mean, what would have happened? Um, He says he would have killed her. He knew all about Alan and mom. She told me after we left Romans six twenty three, the wage wages of sin is death. So it's like, you see the kid, you remember how we first meet him and he's so, he's kind of lumbering. He looks like a walking corpse and he's very deliberate in his movements. He's not speaking that much. And I think that is definitely from being kept in a damn cage in isolation for all those years, um, but you can see how he slowly, as he's away from Shawshank and he's more out of that isolation and he's walking around town. And again, he comes more alive when he gets to the house. Mm. That was his house. And he becomes more like human-ish. He looks more, you know, and we, we talked about that. Like, look how more human he looks now. And th- so that, that's why I feel he is henry deaver in an alternate timeline or no i don't want to say really alternate because it's it's just the other timeline because i feel like there are lots of timelines that exist just like in the dark tower series we just have all of these timelines they're just there and they just exist and and there are some people that are able to break through to get to the other ones and even your own self might exist there which clearly they did here just different henry's but um i don't know that's why i just believe I believe that's that to be true. I don't know. What do you think about all that?
2: So this kind of ties into my number three a little bit, which I just kind of titled To the Woods, which is, you know, it it's there's kind of, you know, like you can go multiple paths about what everything means. And I think going to kind of the direction that you're thinking it is where there's alternate timelines, um, I think Kristen mentioned it a couple episodes back. Like there's something very like, tragically beautiful about that
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's a guy who came here didn't want to be here is trapped you know he goes and sees his mom his mom stabs him which interesting note i think henry and the kid were both stabbed on the same side i think so i don't know if that means anything at all again it's another one of the things that is out there that it's like, well, is there, does that have a meaning? Does that have a meaning? Tell me.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I uh, think, I think it probably does, but I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> but
2: like you were saying, like if, if if all of a sudden I end up in an alternate timeline where somebody else was living my life and I had to figure out how to get back to my world, I would use every means necessary as well. And at some point you're like, listen, I don't fucking care about your, existence here in this alternate timeline I want to get back to my family and the life I knew I've been trapped for 27 years yeah And I can kind of see like that's where you know at the point where he makes all this stuff happen in the prison they get out you know if you're if you have your alternate person like oh no we need to help Macaulay Cogan's brother it's like <laughs> no fuck him he wasn't a good one You know, at that point, I'd be like, "Listen, dude, I'm pulling out whatever I have. You're going to the woods with me, all right? Let's. You're you're going, or I'm just going to shoot you and be done with it." Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: and that's probably where you see that breakdown. And like you're mentioning, like things that kind of like, or maybe that something had attached to the kid. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where you know, in these kind of bursts of rage, and then maybe that's the thing we saw when it when his face turned into like a demony looking old guy. Like that was the thing that hitched a ride popping out yeah maybe you know the kid could know it's like listen i've i've had i've been living with this for 20 some odd years at some point it's like a symbiote like for venom you know if this thing attaches for me too long like i'm gonna lose all humanity and i'm not even gonna be like i'm gonna be scared to go back to my world yeah because i won't be the same person that left even though it's gonna be minutes apart uh that was a kind of a big tirade on the end of the woods, but.
1: <laughs> I know, well, I had a long one on my number three, too. I went on a tirade. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy
2: that they talk about, too, like anytime they go in the woods, like someone always ends up dead, which yeah. ties into what you're thinking. like, well, does that require a sacrifice? Um,
1: I think it does.
0: Do
2: um, let's see, we talked a little bit like with Henry when he, or the kid when he was saying, like, he's not even supposed to be here. Sounds like the guy from Clerks, I'm not even supposed to be here today. um but the one thing i thought was intriguing too where we kind of like is this is this like what you said two different existences kind of coming together um when he gets arrested by the police he's standing by the gravesite of the deaver boy yes which i'm trying to understand i think that was probably their child that they lost uh before childbirth would be my guess.
1: Yeah, because that's, in that timeline that he's in, that's how, why they adopted uh, Andre Holland, Henry Deaver, because they lost a a child uh, that was stillborn, I believe. It wasn't just, you know, a miscarry, it was uh, a, a, the child was stillborn. And I think that that's 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 just why I just can't let that go. It just feels like there's too many things pointing to that direction that he is actually Henry Deaver in his own timeline because he told Molly, he he told her to tell Henry where to meet him. He goes and I can't remember the name of the hill, but at that cemetery, he goes, I want to remind him of something
2: oh, And yeah, he's yeah.
1: he's standing in front of it's like his own grave of that baby, baby Henry Deaver that died.
2: Which like again, like we talked about, if this is essentially a different timeline, he is Henry Deaver. Like how, I mean, I don't even know if my mind could process that. Like you show up to like, this is, this is me in this timeline.
0: mm -hmm.
2: It'd be like, you know, going to the timeline where Biff is owning a casino. You're like, what the fuck happened here? This dude's (laughs) dumb. You go back to the right timeline where he's, you know, not a jerk because he's got punched by your dad in the eighties. Um, but but yeah it's again we thought we'd get a lot of answers in this episode. No. I don't think we did, but it's I liked it at least that you could come up with theories and they all could kind of fit.
1: I think that you can and it's all like I said it's all based on interpretation. We can both look at the at one thing and and get two different and probably four different explanations out of it if you sit there and talk about it enough. So um I think it just it just all comes to down, you know, to what we believe. So, I like it. I like that number three. Um, my number two. I wanted to talk a little bit about. I, I don't know that this what it. I don't know that this is like a confirmation. I don't really know that this is what it's called. I've called it this before. Um, the thinny. I don't think it's truly a thinny, but I think it's something similar that. Takes place in in the Stephen King universe is something that's called a thinny. and it's not just like a portal. I feel like the thinny that I'm calling it in this series, anyway. The, it's it's something that's almost living because I feel like it can it can like speak to people and it can lure people and make you pass through it, and it can take you into unknown areas and it can lead you to certain death, I feel. Um, I feel like it also, this this break also can twist a person's mind, this break in reality. And I think that we've seen that happen um, in the Dark Tower. And I won't give too much away for folks who haven't read the Dark Tower, but we've seen for folks who have read it will probably understand what I'm talking about and how it can make you want to change your mind about something like it you have a clear destination you have a clear mind about your journey or your goal and the, this thinny can make you see differently it can try to turn you the other way and twist your mind into believing something else and I think that this is kind of what happened with uh, Matthew Deaver and and Lacey because I feel like it's not such a coincidence that both of these men, We keep hearing over and over that they keep hearing this voice of God and they think that they are doing a service to God in keeping this boy caged. And in one timeline, it was our young Henry Deaver. The other timeline, it was the kid who was also Henry Deaver. And I feel like it, it tricked them into believing something false and that they were, you know, both tasked by this voice that they heard. And it's like, why did they both, why did they both think that Henry was the devil either Henry, young Henry in one timeline in, in Matthew Deaver's basement. And then you've got, um, the kid adult Henry Deaver trapped in a, a water tank at Shawshank. Why do both of those men think that? And that's why I think that being around this, this schisma, this thinny, whatever it is out there in the woods is, is more than, than just a, a portal like for people to cross through these timelines. Do you see, am I making any No, sense yeah, you make total sense. I <laughs> okay. mean, and
2: that always kind of goes to, you know, is the, the craziest person in the room actually right? You know, is, yeah. you know are these guys actually like, no, like, I mean, essentially, you have to say, like, Lacey was right. You know, when we let this kid out, bad things happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, was it, oh, if we let him go back to his home, everything goes back to normal? Or was it, no, we need to keep him trapped because something's attached to him, like you've you've mentioned before? Mm-hmm. And so maybe Lacey and Matthew both knew, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's this evil entity tied to these things. So we have to keep him trapped to keep this town and the world safe.
1: But they had, I think, which is what we talk about a lot or what what was talked about in the previously seen we, we hear again Henry's speech to the jury about doubt how much yeah. doubt are you willing to live with and I think that that was you know because it makes you think well why didn't they just kill this kid why didn't why didn't Warren Lacey just kill this kid and it's, I think because he had enough doubt that he wasn't you know as sure of what he thought that okay he's 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 on this path and he believes it's his purpose, that God's telling him that this boy is the devil. But because he doesn't hear, he told, he told the kid while he had him captive that he heard him that night, uh, that he heard this voice and it told him that, you know, the devil was this boy. And that's when he found, uh, Henry wandering the woods and traps him and takes him, but he hadn't heard that voice in all those years. And he kept waiting for that voice to kind of tell him what to do. So he had enough doubt. Remember, he holds the gun up to him, and he he's like he's waiting for God to yeah. tell him to shoot him.
2: Which is what uh, Matthew did to his. They do that to his son. I mean, he brought the gun out to with the family. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he really pointed it at his son, but I mean, it's still kind of a you know was that going to be a murder suicide type situation? Yeah. So there's a lot of like similarities between those two two storylines.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mostly lots of unanswered questions, but that's why I just feel like anything that's within proximity of whatever it is out there in the woods, um, you know, it it affects it. It could be affecting the whole town. It could be affecting the people around it. Um, and when you get too close to it or you hear it, it, it manipulates you and, and can turn you against, you know, what your own beliefs are and, and your purpose and... Um, make you think false things. So I don't know. I just think there's more to it than that. And I think, I don't know. I wonder if potentially it could play a part in season two. I feel like this season, even though it's an anthology series, we might get a visit from some of the smaller characters. Like maybe Jackie will pop up or, you know, maybe we'll hear other characters referenced, you know, as far as, oh yes, remember the warden, the last warden that got hit by the bus or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, something like that. Well, we'll get that reference. But I feel like this was like a kickoff. This kind of set that foundation for Castle Rock, and that's going to somehow play a part. So we kind of get this foundation of of Castle Rock and what kind of happens here to set us up for Season 2.
2: Good point. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do with Season 2 on this. Um, I kind of wonder if this will be like – I feel like Jackie Torrance will be the one that kind of is the bridge between season one and season two. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, I feel like she'll be the person that just keeps popping up and like she'll be the one that drops the anecdotal stuff of like, oh, yeah, you know, Shawshank's been closed. But there's been like some weird like lights on there at some nights and things like that, like kind of keeping the stories tied together loosely.
1: Yeah. Did you watch the post credit scene?
2: I did. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a note about that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. What's your
1: number two?
2: My number two is just simply the the one year later. Um, so there's mention where um, Henry's telling Molly she needs to get out of Castle Rock mm-hmm. and to take his son to Boston. His son comes back, we learn, you know, through the one year later. Um, but she ends up in the Keys and she ends up being a very successful. Um,
1: number realtor. one realtor in the yeah, Keys. <laughs> in the
2: Keys. and. To be honest, like if I could be the number one realtor anywhere, the Keys would probably be the place. I don't know if you've ever been to the Keys.
1: I, I haven't been. I, I have only been as far south as in. Um, I was in Miami. I haven't gotten oh, past Miami. So Key
2: West <laughs> is like amazing. They've got Duval Street. They do the Duval Crawl, which you just like walk across like this mile long, just full of bars. It's kind of oh, like Mardi Gras. Why?
1: Oh, okay, okay. I thought I was thinking something else. I'm sorry. Is that where you have to drive out onto that bridge over the ocean yeah, to get to? Yeah, it's like a seven no. mile
2: bridge or something like that. No, that, that that's it's why not bad.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's terrible. That's why why <laughs> I refused to go because I I was I was told that you know uh, they're like oh let's go to the keys. and I'm like wait isn't that the bridge that like is uh, like literally on the on the mm. water? And it's like no, that's why we didn't go because. <laughs> No. Oh, it's anyway,
2: awesome. Um, I did a ghost trip there, and the 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 doll that inspired Chucky, I think, and then a couple other things, um, was from there. Nice, which was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, we learned that Molly's number one realtor. Uh, let's see, what else did we learn from this? Um, it kind of all comes back to we've already touched on a little bit, but as we're seeing this happen, I kind of realized that. Um, it was pretty obvious, I think, that Henry caged the kid. Um, so before you even see him in the cage, like, you know, you feel like it's one year later, like, okay, where's he at? He's still in Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. Everything bad seems to be good now. It's like, I, I, I bet he caged the kid. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of saw that coming I, I kind of figured it'd be in Shawshank. So that wasn't very much of a twist. It was kind of a. Uh, you you know, didn't think of, he
1: killed him? You didn't think that Henry killed him and like no. shot him in the woods or anything?
2: no I mean when I saw that happen and it was, I guess it was just kind of the look and then how it cut to the him being in Castle Rock I just really had that feels like he, he's back where he started like the kid's back where he started mm-hmm. um, which wasn't bad or anything like that like I think it kind of makes sense but it definitely has like I said earlier that are you afraid of the dark Stephen King kind of like ah oh, okay so it's not over yet alright mm-hmm. let's get season 2 started
1: <laughs> no kidding <gasps> Oh my goodness! I like it! I like it all right well, that it kind of goes into my number one and I'm gonna talk about the ending a little bit and this one year jump that we had so just before that, we had that scene in 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 the woods, and we see this face what What is your take on what what was that face about? Do you think that was
2: I don't know like So first instinct was like, oh, okay, this is the true kid. Like this is what he's hiding. Mm -hmm. Um, One thought I had is like, well, maybe this is the kid's actual face 27 years from when he first got into this world. Mm -hmm. So on the outside, he looks like he did when he first got here, but he's actually aged 27 years. Um, It's it's one of those things. It's like you almost had I rewound it multiple times because I'm like, wait, did I see what I saw? I know. And when you look at it, you're like, I don't, I don't understand what that means. Like, what is it? And again, it's just like this whole episode, and this whole season, it can mean a multitude of things. You know, it could be know. a lens flare for all we know.
1: I know. I, I don't know what to, I, I know what the, it, it's in our news. So I'll definitely at least fill you in if you haven't read it already. And for our listeners who maybe haven't seen it, as far as what the writers are saying that it was, I don't, know that i mean i guess you have to believe them i guess because they're the writers and it's their story their journey and we're just along for the ride so i don't know if i if i really like their take on it or not but um so with the ending and we get this one year later it makes me wonder because the kid was like, you're going to remember. You're going to start to remember. It's going to come back to you in pieces. And I feel like we were getting a little bit of that the last couple of episodes. Henry was getting these flashbacks of being in that basement. You know, you see him playing with like a, a toy on the dirt floor and a Bible and things like that. And I feel like that, you know, these things were starting to come back to him. So one of my questions was, just Henry, after this one year time jump, because he seems a little bit more free, you know what I mean? Like he seems lighter. He seems happier than what, than, than what we've known him since the series began. It's like, so now does he remember what happened to him during those 11 days that he was missing? It was 27 years in that timeline, but it was 11 days in his own timeline that he was gone. Has he been able to deal with what ha- has happened to him? But it also, he's, he's, he hasn't, he looks happier, but I feel like he hasn't grown that much because he's now, he's now playing a part in the same abuse that tr- I feel like transformed the kid. I feel like that the abuse. That the kid suffered is what turned him into whatever it is that he is. I don't know what he is and, and, and what to make of that face. And is he evil? I don't really think that. I don't know if it's something that's inside of him that made him that way. I don't know if it's something that latched onto him as he was passing through. Because there are, in the in the Stephen King world, there are these places where these evil creatures live. I think and it might be what they call it, like one of those thinnies in like the mist in that short story. Mm-hmm. That's where those creatures, it's like it comes through to, into our world and that's where all those creatures are coming from that are like eat people and destroy everything. Um, so was it something from there that latched onto him? Some some type of evil thing? I don't know. But it's it's like, well, now he's Henry has become the j- jailer and I think that so much of this has been left up to interpretation that, you know, Molly wanted to believe the kid because he said, do you, you believe me, don't you? And she says, well, I want to. Well, Henry has chosen to believe that You know, with Lacey and the Reverend is believed that this the kid is the devil and he has to be caged. And now he's the one that's found purpose. You know, it was like Lacey and Matthew Deaver thought they found their purpose and they were on this path of what they thought was, you know, this voice from God telling them what to do. And now he's doing the same exact thing. But is it really is it really something out in the woods Telling them, is it something like his own father's voice, um, that's whispering in his ear, telling him these things? I don't know. I'm I, I don't know what to make of all this. And then we get that weird. Uh, we mentioned it already. You mentioned it earlier when you were talking about it. I didn't know what to think of that very last scene when Henry's climbing that ladder, and the kid is there in the cage, and he's he's kind of looking at the camera, but he's kind of looking down, and he has tears in his eyes. He legit like has tears. So he's going to me one second, he has tears. And then all of a sudden he's got that smile on his face. Mm-hmm. What do you make I just of that? Go back,
2: I just go back to the glow of his eyes. Like I know like certain light can kind of make people's eyes shine like that. But mm-hmm. And that pitch black and the way it looked like that just, again, like you think of, you know, the deadlights and like the deadlights lights are the first thing that came to my mind uh-huh. from, from uh, it, you know, it's just, it's just, just this evil entity. I mean, I, I still feel like that's what I'm hitching my wagon to, but kind of what, you know, this ties in my number one still is a little bit. It's just all the, all the, a lie with the question mark, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you're talking about like Lacey and the Henry Deaver. We know if, if you have this person come in and say, Hey, I don't belong here. I belong in this different reality. And the question is asked, like Lacey probably asked him, like, what am I like in your reality? Yeah. Maybe he's worthless in that reality. You know, Henry Deaver, the one we know in, in that other reality, what if he's like in foster care getting bounced around? Like, yeah. That would be a huge fear to be like, oh, well, if you go back to your reality, what happens to this reality? You know, it's kind of the, you know, it's like the Matrix type thing. It's like, well, I know what I know here and I'm comfortable with that. So I don't want to jeopardize that. So you, know, you could take this whole series and make it a selfish thing for Henry and Lacey where they're they're protecting their own reality essentially like they they know what they have here so keep this kid from going back to his because i don't know what could happen if he does
1: right but okay so i'm curious if you believe that the whole thing was a lie like the story that he told in episode nine henry deaver the story that he was telling molly that that was a lie what then do you make of the episode um in the of the queen when he's in the house with ruth
2: um, I think it would all tie back to uh, this kid, or this, you know, as he's starting to kind of take more control of Castle Rock. His existence here now, or his, or his escape, is playing on that. So he knows that he can use her to get to Henry,
0: uh-huh.
2: uh, because that's kind of a key part of of him. Um, and again, it's just you know, maybe it's just his way of messing with her too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like the idea of him being her do- his son, her son. Because it makes that scene where he dances with her and cooks with her like that much more beautiful.
1: hmm
2: Um, but if he's not, he is an evil entity, it makes it that much more creepy. Yeah. You know, to know that like this is a guy that's taking advantage of a woman who has a serious medical condition, or this demon is, or whatever he is, and is just completely fucking with her to get just his jollies off, it's I would say. Um So and I haven't read any of the news, I haven't read any interpretations, but It's definitely one of those things like this is either a sad, beautiful, tragic story or it is a creepy ass, you know, (laughs) why you don't mess with evil entities story. And either one you can argue for.
1: I know. And I don't know. That's and maybe because I love that episode so much that it makes it horrible to think that he was lying the entire time. Um, because I, I choose to believe that he really is Henry Deaver. He just has something evil inside of him that was created based on the abuse that he, that he suffered. And he just became the monster that everyone kept telling him that he was. It's all he kept hearing from more Lacey was that, you know, evil, evil followed you wherever you went and you know, you're the devil. And that's all that he ever got. And he was trapped, you know, isolated. I mean, in this, dark ass water tank for 27 years um i don't know i have other theories on that as well but and then also when you look at the the lovely storyline that we had with him um in in episode nine and henry deaver and i think that's what makes it so hard to like if you loved that episode so much then it makes it so much harder to believe you know um that that he lied or is you know was that episode thrown in to throw us off you know to 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 raise that doubt that he was evil the entire time and that that was that episode was brought up you know just a story that was told um you know or does it make him a sympathetic character you know i think there's so many ways that you can that you can take this that i don't know but I know that's that's where I'm leaning. I don't know if, if I sit on it more. Maybe if I rewatch the series, if I'll think something else. I don't know. Um, So I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about my number one, at least not at this point. I'll probably think of something else. Um, Notes. I feel like, I mentioned earlier, I thought Castle Rock was kind of caught in a time loop. What do you think about that?
2: Um, I guess, I think you could argue it either way. Um. I think it depends on your mood when you're watching because it seems like you're very (laughs) much more in the the aspect of like, oh, well, this is a tragic story of a guy who's just trying to get home. Yeah. And I think I'm leaning more towards like, oh, no, this is an evil being Mm -hmm. that's just trying to take advantage of people. Um, Don't know what that maybe says about anything, (laughs) but uh, I definitely could see like depending on your current mood or kind of um, how you're being – how you're outside – environments currently going on when you watch this could definitely affect how you how you view it i agree um i don't know if we're going to get any kind of closure in season two about any of this or if it will be a complete anthology where it's like oh you know what what happened in season one you it's just there make up what you want um which i like and i don't like um you know it's one of the things i i was a literature minor in college and one of the things I loved about that is you go back in time and read like stories and stuff written in, you know, in the eighteen, nineteen hundreds, mm-hmm. and you basically come out and be like, "Oh, well, I think this is what it means and represents." You're not wrong. I mean, you know the the person who wrote the dog walked across the road, right? You know that's probably all they meant. But you could be like, "Oh, well, it's it's a metaphor for how you know <laughs> the dog was was gay, and he had to cross the road to find himself and find acceptance and." You, know, you you could go on all kinds of crazy not crazy but just different interpretations of it and essentially you're not wrong and that's what I like about this is it it definitely leaves that openness for that. Yeah. Cuz a lot of times in TV shows and movies and stuff like that like we want all that closure and then you can't really interpret it anyway. You're just kind of stuck with what it is. Mm-hmm. Which when you look at something like this this is based on Stephen King's work who is a very, you know, he, he's he's an author He's very much like a, you know, the not, I wouldn't say the Shakespeare of our time, but you know he's he's kind of one of those final just guys who writes these things that leave it up to interpretation. This TV show, I think, kind of nailed that.
1: Yeah, he's the king. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. He's the king. Well, and and I. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think when they were showing us that scene where Henry's talking to the jury and he says, so I ask how much doubt are you folks comfortable with when they're talking about, you know, putting um, this, his client to death. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the question for all of us as an audience, because I think it. It speaks as to why Henry didn't shoot the kid in the woods, but kept him in a cage because he had just enough doubt that he wasn't evil or the devil. So he kept him locked up. I mean, Lacey did the same. Yeah, he, exactly. he, he prayed over a meal for the devil. You don't pray over a meal for the devil. I think he had doubt as well. And Lacey what's could have the, killed him, but he didn't.
2: What's the saying? The greatest trick the devil ever played was uh making people think he didn't exist or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah that that is that is a saying. So, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could take that lots of ways, but that's how I choose choose to interpret it anyway. What are my other notes on here? I'm losing my place.
2: This would be a fun series to come back to like in 5 or 10 years. Yeah. Cuz like any good book or any good uh story, when you go back to it and rewatch it, you just you have a completely different view of it. You know, you you grow in age, you have different events happen in your life. You have different experiences. And so then you can kind of take your experiences and kind of project those onto the story, mm-hmm. um, which is what I think like great literature, you know, interpretations and stuff like that come from. And that's the stuff that I always absolutely love. You know, it's 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 sitting, you know, across from somebody like what we're doing right now and be like, <laughs> well, well, I think there was alternate timelines. Well, I don't think there is because of this. And nobody's wrong. And right. It's a good civil discussion. And I, I just really, really enjoy that that kind of very much like, Fictionalize this in like a good work of literature to an extent.
1: I agree, and I like that we had different takes on it as well. That w- we seem to have agreed on lots of things up until this point when it came to the series. So I think it was interesting um, that that we had differing viewpoints and what some of these things met. I, you know, what I really want to do, and I'm going to pledge this to to ourselves and make sure that we do this when before season two comes out. We need to do like a season one recap. I'd be um, down for that and rewatch
2: it and get prepped for season two.
1: Yeah, let's do like a, a little prep before season two comes out, even though it's an anthology and has like nothing to do with, or probably at least 90% or 99% won't have anything to do with season two. But it would be fun to do like a little recap of like, here's what happened in season one, and here's where we were, we're left off. And now let's get into number, you know, into the second season. So let's write that down somewhere because <laughs> we're probably going <laughs> to forget. One of my other notes, it's not, um, a super interpretive note or anything like that but um i thought it was interesting did you catch when when we talked about henry when matthew's looking for him in the woods and uh henry's running away from him and he gets to the cliff and he you see him look down and matthew's coming after him did you notice henry walking back his footsteps
2: yeah that was really really clever
1: and you know what that was a callback to Uh uh-uh it was a callback to The Shining. Young, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Good Danny call. Torrance did the same thing whenever Jack was looking for him. Uh, he, he walked backwards in his footsteps, so he couldn't find him. So a little callback to The Shining there. So I don't know. That's, that's all the notes I got. What, what have you got? Um, I've got
2: three different notes. Um, the first one I thought was really interesting was uh, when Lacey was talking to the kid, and he mentions that he never had kids because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's because he was obsessed with the kid, so he didn't have time to get intimate with his wife, or if the kid somehow caused that. You know, we don't really know know that part of it.
1: I wonder if it had something to do with, first of all, he had a commitment to go down there, I'm guessing at least once a day, and feed the kid. Like he, he took a trek down there to go and probably empty. I'm guessing cause I don't know how the kid was going to the bathroom in that cage. I'm guessing he was crapping in a bucket. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he has to go down there and empty that, I guess, and also feed him at least once a day. He looked very, uh, emaciated when we saw him. He looked very malnourished, very skinny for his, his height. So, cause, and we do know that Bill Skarsgård lost like 30, 35 pounds for this role. Um, Yeah, it was. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And um, you know, he wasn't a very big guy to begin with. He was already, in my opinion, kind of lean anyway. But to lose that much weight for this role, so clearly he wasn't being fed that much or on a regular basis. I am guessing. I am hoping at least once a day. Um, So I, I don't know if it was because he had this commitment to have to go down there and take care of him every day, or to have to go do this, or if it's because he didn't want to bring a child into the into Castle Rock. Like, oh yeah, that's a good point. He thought it was like so evil or all these bad things happen to people in Castle Rock that he didn't want to bring a child into as long as the kid, the kid is in he, as he sees him, the devil existed. Why would he want to bring a child into a world where the devil existed? That's how I kind of took it.
2: No, I like that interpretation a lot better. That that makes sense. Like you've seen the the worst of the world. So why would you want to bring a, a child into this?
1: Right. That was just how I took it.
2: Um, let's see. This one was a note from last episode that I I probably should have mentioned, but did. But I think we got a cameo from fucking Ted in this epi- this previous uh, episode.
0: <gasps> what?
2: Like the the guy at the the B and B looked an awful lot like Ted from Stranger Things to me. He like not not a hundred percent. Probably I don't think it was even the same actor, but it definitely kind of had that same feel to me.
1: It was I know it was not the same actor. I cannot for the life of me. I definitely don't remember from Stranger Things. I since we we've been doing so many other shows, I've forgotten his, his name and I don't remember this actor um his name. But I remember him from I watched him in an episode. He was in a one of my favorite Star Trek Voyager episodes uh, oh, from gotcha. from the day. So that's how I, I know it's not the same. But yes, you're right. He as he's he does have that look of Ted from Stranger Things. Um Oh my goodness, that's spot on, Sean. I love how you've got to get a, a fucking Ted yeah, um, a reference. Bit,
2: so I kind of missed it.
1: <laughs> it is. It um, has been a while since we've talked yeah. about fucking Ted.
2: And my uh, my last note was the the end credit with Jackie Torrance as she's writing this. Uh, it sounds like she's kind of re re telling the story of her fighting the B and B people. She um, is.
1: Let's talk about Jackie. Learned,
2: it's like I think her story is called like the Overlooked. Yeah, and she talks about having to go to the source. <laughs> so it sounds like she's going to make a trip to the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, uh, which I mean, I am wondering if that's is that going to be season two, or are we going to see her <sighs> as she comes back from the Overlook? Um, but again, I feel like she's going to be that character that's kind of that that linchpin, or not really linchpin, but the bridge between seasons. We're just going to see her pop up.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't
2: know if she's supposed to be like the if, is she the narrator of this? You know, right. was that in? I mean, this is I don't have any. I haven't thought about this super deep, but what if she's actually like this whole thing was her writing this story?
0: Oh, like it's actually
2: not even really happening. It's just a story she wrote. Yeah. And that's what the end credits means. If that was the case, like if they did that, I'd be pissed, but
1: yeah, I would be too. Yeah. I don't know if like, I'd like, all like that. it was a dream. It's like, fuck you. Fuck. That's a cop out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I I liked that. I thought that was interesting. I, I love she's, Writing a book like Jack was writing a book. Um,
2: All work and no play makes Jackie a dull girl.
1: Yep, yep, it sure does. And and I yeah, I love that little tie-in. I thought that was great. I think that that's probably what it means. I don't know. Th- I I hope that's not what they do with season two because it felt like season or this whole series is about Castle Rock. If she's going out west to the Overlook, you know, that's that's not going to keep us in Castle Rock. Not that she won't play a part I just don't think that we're going to follow her out there but I think it will just add to her story maybe if she does go and she comes back to Castle Rock I don't know um but I you know I think I think that's that's certainly interesting to see some folks get out of Castle Rock we've seen some people get out we've seen people trapped Molly got out she's happier and I like that because I think that that she, you know, the kid tells her, and whether or not you believe he was telling her what she wanted to hear, or whether he was telling her the truth about who she was, in 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 his timeline, um, as far as being happier, and maybe she realized, oh wow, I, I can be happier, but I need to get the hell out of this yeah. town to do it. Um, Jackie's getting out, uh, but our Henry um, Andre Holland Henry stays in Castle Rock, and and becomes the jailer. I feel. I don't know. And it's like what what the kid was telling Henry, what did he say? What what did Warden Lacey tell him all the time? "You forget, you're like you are here for so long, what is it that you forget? Which side of the bars that you're on?"
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. And you that, forget, like which side the prison's on or something like that.
1: Yeah. So it's like he's in his own prison. H- mm-hmm. Henry's like in his own prison now again with Castle Rock, and I just I think you can look at that in so many ways. I don't know. But um I think she's probably going to get out, but she It'd be fun to kind of see her pop up again. She was definitely oh, a delight. Yeah, yeah. Like Melanie Linsky was a real delight in the series. And the actress that played Jackie Torrance uh, was a delight. So it'd be fun to see her pop up again. But I'd like to stay in Castle Rock, though. Yeah. Awesome. But that's all the notes I had. I like it. Well, I, there's probably so much more that we could say. Probably some things I know I forgot to say. Um We'll just have to come back to it some other time and, you know, after we've had time to settle on it because damn. So maybe this will help. I do have a news item this week and this is from Variety. It's kind of long. I kind of took like almost the whole article. I'll try to uh, um, keep the relevant stuff in here. But if this helps anybody or if it doesn't help you and it just pisses you off, I don't know. But um, so this is from Variety. This is an interview with the the co-showrunners of the show. They start off, they say, for us, this always began at the highest level as a trial itself. You're sort of watching the trial of the kid and Henry at the same time, co creator Dusty Thompson tells Variety. So, the reason we started again with the, that court case in the finale and talking about doubt was we wanted to suggest to the audience what do you believe? Uh, for Henry, the answer was that he believed there was something monstrous to the kid. After chasing him in the woods, he saw the kid's face change just for a second, but it was enough to convince him he had to lock the kid back up. The truth is that image in the end is just a very, very aged Bill Skarsgård. And so the monster you're looking at is 300-year-old Bill. And so the question of whether they've been jumping back and forth in timelines There are all sorts of questions that are raised in that moment, Thomason says. It was intentional that seeing the kid's face change came while the camera was positioned in Henry's point of view, Thomason says. It is another example of how a narrative can be altered by one person's subjectivity. Your feeling about the ending of the season may be related to your feeling about the story that the kid tells in the penultimate episode of the season, uh, co-creator Sam Shaw says. While Shaw says it was a deliberate choice to present the audience as well as Henry with a decision to make about whether or not to accept the grand unification theory that the kid provides to explain many of the uncanny events that took place over the course of the season. He admits it is an even darker ending if you choose to believe the kid's story that he's just a luckless guy, Henry Deaver, from another time and place. Molly did believe the kid's story, and she also believed him when he told her she was happy in his timeline because she no longer lived in Castle Rock, so much so that she finally left her version too. We felt there was something really satisfying about the guy who got away in the end, finding himself back in the town, and the woman who refused to give up on the town in the end, realizing that maybe it's something that can't be saved. Everybody's sort of been in a prison at one time or another, and Molly's prison is a town of Castle Rock, and in a way, her hope of rebuilding it into the beautiful Castle Rock that she dreams of, letting letting go of that character is a big choice for her. It's a moment where we realize that she's finally seen greener pastures. When you meet Henry at the beginning, I don't think he's a particularly sunny, happy guy who's in a great place in his life. And weirdly, despite the dark dark irony of him being the jailer at the end, I think he's still got a better relationship with his son and he seems to almost be enjoying practicing some aspects of the law more than he was in the beginning. There's a dark side to it, clearly, but for me, there are some aspects of Henry's life that have gotten better. He has seen the other side and now has tried heroic move as he has to be the savior of Castle Rock. Um, they say a little bit about season two. There's really nothing spoilery. They're certainly not giving anything away, but if you're kind of interested in hearing a little bit about where it goes, thomason says the season overall was really planting seeds for a future we know the show's been renewed for a second season but he shares he and shaw actually mapped out the first group of seasons when conceptualizing the show the series is an anthology with each subsequent season keeping its setting but jumping to a different time period with some historical canon to mine from stephen king's novels but a lot more to be created Um, they say the truth is there are huge slogs of castle rock history that have gone untold in the books in a way. The last 20 years of castle rock is unwritten. Never mind the future. So take that for Hmm. what you will. So what do you think about that?
2: I like that idea. Like, uh, the kid's been living this loop for over 300 years. (laughs) Um, so that's where like you could get to where like, he's just, he's trying to figure out how to break the loop. Um, that's pretty intriguing. I really like that idea.
1: Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I don't know if I like the writers having to tell us what it is exactly or what we saw. I don't know if they're leaving it to interpretation. And if, if you just trust the writing to, to let you interpret what it is or let you believe what you want to believe and make up your own reasoning, then why are you having to tell us? So I don't yeah. know what I, how I feel about that, but... Anyway, that was the only news article that I had for this week. So we'll move on to our letters from Shawshank. Uh, The first one that we have is from Kristen Howell. She says, I honestly don't know how I feel about the finale to have so much set up. An entire backstory for Dr. Henry, only to cut from the climax of the episode in the woods, right as Dr. Henry's face went old devil face. (laughs) And now Henry (laughs) is the new guardian that Lacey and Matthew Deaver once was. I kind of call bullshit on this. Only little bullshit amounts, though, since this show is so fantastic. With that being said, it was a fantastic episode for a great inaugural season. And that little smile at the end from the prisoner was creepy. I guess he faked it the entire time. I really can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. Maybe it'll iron out some of the wrinkles. P.S. Sissy Spacek is a shoe in for an Emmy, right? Should anyone else else even try? Um, (laughs) Also, so what's the next show?
2: Oh, you just have to Mm. tune in to the end of the
1: episode. Stay tuned.
2: (laughs) Our next one comes from Jason Kabasi. So who is that guy? Is he he somebody important? I I heard he's the godfather.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
2: So last week, after the initial mind-blowing shock of learning that the kid was Henry Deaver from another reality, I thought that Revelation immediately made the show into a mundane sci-fi trope. But this week, when it hit me that the kid may have made up or may have made all that up and he really is the devil, it became way more interesting and chilling. I really hope that's the case until unless we hear different. That's the reality I'm going with.
1: I think it's one of those like choose your own reality video games mm-hmm. or books. Just choo- choose your own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, we'll just leave it at that. Um, next one's from Jeff Allen. Between the heterochromia we saw in the previous episode and the brief shot we get of the demonic face behind Dr. Henry's uh, visage, I'm now saying he's in the same class as Leland Gaunt. Not Gaunt himself, I don't think, but the same type of being. Speaking of needful things, nice to see Wilma Jerzyk is still alive and bitching. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, didn't we love her from needful things? She was such a treat. Um. We've got some really great voicemails this week, so we'll go ahead and play some of those. The first one that we have is from Steve Brown.
4: Hey, everyone. Sean, it's Steve. Uh, wow, what a great ending to this uh, this first season! Can't wait to see what they do next season. But uh, um, a couple of interesting things that that stood out to me uh, Romans six twenty three is that's they were correctly, but they were only stating half of the verse, it's actually for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that's kind of interesting that they left that uh, second part off every time they quoted the verse, uh, especially seeing as it looks like uh, Dr. Henry, if that's who he actually is, uh, has some sort of eternal life. Um, It's great seeing uh, Terry O'Quinn again. Um, I love that quote from lawyer henry where he says i don't know what's happening it's kind of an understatement to all of us but uh, uh it was great seeing that molly got to have a happy ending or a semi-happy ending from what we could tell um alan and ruth end up together in the grave that's kind of uh, cool as well and uh, i don't think they never did show us matthew Deaver's re uh, burying i don't think i know we saw his coffin but uh, we never saw if there was a headstone or what um just good stuff. That that image at the end, of course, of uh, uh, the kid in the cage again. I I, I kind of saw that coming as soon as he left Wendell, and we see him driving and traveling. I'm like, oh, he's gonna go to Shawshank, and he locked the kid in uh, back in that same prison. Uh, and that little smile by Bill Skarsgård right at the end uh, is kind of creepy uh, to know that he's still there, especially when we go into future seasons. It'll be interesting to see again how they take that. uh, Love that little uh, final scene with uh, Jackie and uh, and the kid apparently in in some sort of alternate uh, universe again because I I think that was the kid who kind of poked his head around the corner and talked to her real quick and she says oh I'm gonna go out west to the Overlook uh, Hotel. Uh, So and and I wonder if we're gonna get that story because that might be interesting to see Someone else at the Overlook Hotel, another Torrents. Anyway, uh, great first season. Can't wait to see where you guys go next. I'll be listening. Thanks.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Steve, as always. Really great insight. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Um it it made me think seeing the kid back in Shawshank again. Do you think he won want, he wants to be caged?
2: Uh no, I think because with him really pushing uh henry in the woods i think he's got some motive we just don't know exactly if it's to get back home or something different
1: Mm -hmm. i i almost wonder i don't know if i believe it but it just makes me wonder like does he want to to be caged like how how did how did henry get the kid back out of the woods and back into shawshank and imprison him like Mm. you know how was he able to overpower him or maybe it was just because he had the gun on him and he was able to lead him back like does he know that he like does the kid know that he's gonna escape again like he's in this loop and he knows he's gonna get out again in another 27 years
2: like just some big game for him
1: yeah i don't know there's so much damn it damn it too much okay next um voicemail that we have is from pig allen he always leaves great voicemails
5: Hey guys, it's Paik. Um You requested that I leave a voicemail this week, so I will fulfill that <laughs> to you. But you're going to have to bear with me because um, I'm still processing here a little bit. I couldn't record this directly after the episode. I mean, it's been a few minutes. I had to watch the inside of the episode and then... Go on TV time and look at a bunch of comments and try to figure something out to, you know, grasp onto before I recorded this. Or else I would have had nothing but what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. It would have been the what the fuck version of Hodor is all my call would have been. So I needed something to try to grasp and I'm still not working with much. Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and just be brutally honest. I don't like the ending. I don't. I'm trying to like it. I'm trying to bring myself around to it, and I just – I don't. I wanted – it. the whole episode, I figured they were going to wrap this up. Like, it looked like it was headed to a definitive stopping point of that story just for everything on one commercial break to flip. I actually had to stop and go back and make sure my, like, Hulu didn't screw up and skip, like, a whole section – Because it went from weird monster face in the snow straight to one year later, and I was so confused and (laughs) scared that I had missed something somehow, only to realize that they just kind of screwed it up. I don't know. Maybe there's something really deep, and maybe listening to the podcast episode this week, maybe you guys can bring me around to understanding and appreciating it more. But as of right now, I don't know, there's still so many questions, because if what it's looking like is that, I'm going to go back to calling him the kid now, actually is the devil, or, you know, just some kind of evil incarnation, and all of episode nine was complete bullshit, it's a little frustrating to me, um, that... All of this was just... I mean, it makes sense. I've seen theories and stuff that, oh, because he only brought up things that were the past and he never knew any of their future, or he never knew... Because in his timeline, it was 2018 or current, so shouldn't he know things that are going to happen past what Henry would know? And so maybe it is just this evil incarnation just trying to fool him. But if that's the case, there's still so many questions as far as Molly's power and what the schisma is actually doing, the birds, the everything still doesn't make sense. Unless those are the birds and things like that could just be side effects of him being out of captivity, but it doesn't help much with Molly's whole situation. I just I have way too many questions at the end of the series or the season but kind of series because we're not we're it's supposed to be a completely new story next season so I don't I don't know. Anyway, this has gone on long enough. Help. Um <laughs> maybe I just have to talk to more people who have watched this show and try to and try to, you know, rein it in at some point. But right now I'm just confused and a little frustrated. I I enjoyed it and was thoroughly entertained up till the very end when I was kind of left with this sour taste, but Overall I'm glad I watched this show. And yeah, I gotta gotta cut this down. It's been almost four minutes.
1: Okay. Bye. Aw, oh, thanks, Pake. I'm sorry. I don't know if we'll have that many answers for you or not, because um, I think we're all just going to be left with questions and questions that aren't going to be answered. And I think it depends on your general outlook and things like: Are you okay with just writing the journey and it being about the journey, or you know, do you like to have those answers? Everybody's kind of got you know their own thing and what they like, and there's no right or wrong to it. It's just you know your outlook and what you prefer. Kind of like, you know, the whole thing with lost, um, mm-hmm. you know, and what people um, kind of interpret from that. And they either liked it or they didn't. Right. So anyway, lots of good stuff. Um, well, we definitely need to keep, I think, the, the talk going so we can try and make more sense of it or at least hear other people's thoughts that will help us. Our next email is from Laura Willie Swink.
3: Hi, Rima and Sean. Well. That was an interesting season finale. I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first because it seemed like we had all of our questions answered and they were heading towards a resolution and then I think the writers like pulled another fast one on us at the end. I'm not sure. But the more I think about it, I actually really enjoyed the season finale. I like that not everything was wrapped up in a nice bow, that we still are... um, somewhat unsure of things like whether or not, um, Ruth is a interdimensional traveler, or if she just has some very, very perceptive, um, dementia. Not sure about that. And how did Ruth die? I really don't know what to think about that. It's like, uh, the story was going along and then we just, all of us as an audience got pulled a year into the future, which was a little crazy. Um, You know, it's not horrible. I'm sad that she's gone, but I hope that next season they do answer some of those questions, maybe go back to that um, storyline a little bit. I know they're going to have new stories every season, but I hope they do go back and um, just kind of let us know what happened to Ruth. I enjoyed some of the call outs to some of Stephen King's other cinematic pieces, like uh, the birds flying up in the sky, similar to the dark half, and the call-out to uh, The Shining when Henry Deaver is walking backwards in the snow, similar to Danny Torrance um, in The Shining. Uh, Those were really cool, I kind of got a thrill out of that, and um, at the end, the little zinger we got after the credits when... um, Jackie Torrance is talking about her book she's writing called Overlooked and mentioning that she might be heading out west. So if I've got my fingers crossed that maybe she'll be showing up somewhere in Colorado next season. That would be so great. Overall, this was an amazing beginning to the series and probably my vote for favorite... um, Season of a TV show this entire year. I had so much fun watching this, and I'm uh, I'm I'm signed on for next season. I'm so excited for that. Um, could the season finale have you know been a little more satisfactory? I think so, but I also like that they've left us with several questions that may or may not ever get answered. I'm looking forward to the podcast to see what your guys' take is on this um, season finale and the entire season in general, so I'll be listening. Ciao, guys! Oh, one more thing. Sorry about the whisper voice. By the way, I'm in my office at work. (laughs) But um, when uh, Dr. Deaver, I guess turned into that demonic face. Did it look to you like the actor who played Matthew Deaver with a whole bunch of freakish makeup on? I kept rewinding it and looking at it and that's what it looked like to me. So just throwing it out there. Bye guys.
1: So that's all the feedback that we have for this week. Thank you guys so much. i It's been such a ride and getting everyone's feedback into the show, what everyone else's thoughts and perspectives, you know, it really helps me and Sean kind of add to what we think and feel about it so we always appreciate when everyone takes the time and and what a hell of a show because I think this is the show that takes a village <laughs> <laughs>
2: for sure I mean it's this is one like I think Stranger Things and Black Mirror we've gotten tons and tons of feedback so it's really yeah. awesome to get everybody involved in this and like you said kind of a group effort to try and understand what's going on here and They've, they've signed on for season two, so we're pumped for a season two when it comes out. Who knows when? But we will be there to, to let you know what our thoughts are on it.
1: Yeah, we definitely don't have... While we know it's been announced, there are, I haven't seen any as of... Uh, oh, I think it was today. I was even looking at some news, uh, trying to see if there was anything new out there, and I didn't see there's still not an official announcement date. I don't think they're going to announce it anytime soon, but we know it's coming. So at least we do have that to look forward to. Who knows where it will take us? And I... I just want to thank everyone for going on this Castle Rock journey with us. I hope that you'll stick with us um, you know, for, for our next one. So with that, with that being said, Sean, what's coming next?
2: All right. So Reem and I are actually going to be taking next week off. I know we're going to recharge our brains <laughs> after this uh, long journey with Castle Rock. But we're actually going to be heading to a concert uh, with each other, and my wife's going to be along with us. So we're going to go (laughs) see Stone Sour, which will be extremely awesome. So check out all of our social media sites for a bunch of awesome pictures. But the following week, we will be covering the new Netflix TV show, Maniac, which comes out – Friday the 21st, Uh, so we'll be releasing our first episode on Friday the 28th, and the description of the show is two strangers are drawn to a mysterious pharmaceutical trial that will, they're assured, with no complications or side effects whatsoever, solve all of their problems permanently. But things, of course, do not go as planned. Uh, And the first episode this is titled... I don't know. It's not released
1: yet. <laughs> nope. I think I saw them as uh, just like season one, episode one is yeah, all I saw. Yeah, that's I saw too. One, one, one is all that I saw. So I, I'm super excited to cover that one. That one stars Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. And there's also a really great supporting cast as well. There's some I won't ruin it for everyone as far as others that are in it, but I think you'll see some nice um, other actors sprinkled throughout. That's a great supporting cast. So we hope that you join us for that. Um, I think it looks pretty interesting. So thank you again, everyone, for joining us. Um, I've had a great time, even though, yes, there were a few unsatisfactory parts, I think, with the finale. And I would have loved to have had just a few more answers than what we got. Um, I I did enjoy it thoroughly. So we are super excited for you to travel to Castle Rock with us. And while you're visiting, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast.
2: You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash stranger and you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod.
1: You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the TV time app.
2: And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like The Walking Dead Cast at Podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast.
1: Well, while we're talking about great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday.
2: Oh, yeah. We just talked about uh, last week what the guy who played Barney, what his new job is. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's a sex guru.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have seen that coming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's our show, episode 56 of Romans.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Sean.
1: And Jeff Allen is strange indeed.